The Lifestyle Show on RTE Radio 1 Extra. Hello and welcome to The Lifestyle Show with me, Tara Lockery-Grant on RTE Radio 1 Extra. This is the weekly show and podcast where we talk to some of the most inspiring people whose work, programmes and interviews we feature on rte.ie forward slash lifestyle and also in the lifestyle section of the RTE News Now app. The areas that we focus on, living, parenting, finance, fitness, health, food, fashion, travel, careers, motors and much more. And many of those we feature here are household names. Many others should be and will no doubt be as they go about inspiring people in their day-to-day lives. Today, we're talking to... It took me me about a year before I felt that I could say jewellery designer with a straight face. You know, when somebody (laughs) asked me, what what do you do? And I'd I'd sort of try it out with strangers in a pub. I'm a jewellery designer. And I'd be like, does that feel real yet? Yep. Anyone who loves music, who loves radio, will know that voice. It is Jenny Houston, the super stylish chica who I admire on radio and admired for years and years and years. And now I'm looking at her and looking at her jewellery and admiring her again in a whole new world. Jenny, I am kind of going to be ogling your jewellery for the next while and so delighted that you're sitting here and I get to do that. (laughs) Thank you, Tara. It's great to be here. Listen, um, remind us again about your your career before we get to your uh, career as a designer. Go back a little bit. So you've had a wonderful, wonderful life experiences and career and music experience. And any time I ever crossed paths with you, you were a joy and oozed love of what you do. So I've been really lucky. I've been kind of spoiled. Um, After UCD, I worked as a voiceover agent for a while. And then I was a theatre producer for a few years, which was really brilliant. And working with talented people like Ruth Nega. Oh, that's right. Oh, you worked with her? On what? On which? She did her first professional performance was with the Corn Exchange. She was Lolita in our co-production with the Peacock with the oh Abbey Theatre. Oh my God, what year was that roughly? Oh my goodness, was that be 2002? Maybe? I'm kind of thinking, did I see that? I saw a lot of theatre around then. Andrew Bennett was Humbert Humbert. Yes. She was Lolita, it was absolutely incredible. And Sorry, this is a mic drop moment or, yeah, or, or jaw drop. I mean, she was obviously drepted gorgeous then and crazy talented and credit to Annie Ryan for just spotting it and immediately going it's her it's her it's her you know um, she has to be Lolita just heard the choices she made she was so much braver Annie always said and she was just cheeky and fun and fabulous so yeah it's sort of surreal to see her now this global star (laughs) but not surprising in any way either lovely yeah so from that I started doing pirate radio and was the sort of very Cinderella radio moment when RT phoned me up the head of 2FM at the time phoned me up and said we've been listening like, uh oh, <laughs> and you know, send us a show reel, and 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 then the following week I was on two FM. That so. is um, that is a Cinderella moment. Yeah. And then how? What shows did you start with? How did I started weirdly with my own show. It used to be called the Waiting Room. So I was um, after it was Dave Fanning, Ricochet, and myself, ten to midnight, and Cormac Battle, midnight to two. So I did that for a long time, and then the schedule moved around, um, and I went a little bit earlier. So it was sort of um, nine to eleven, and then I did Friday, Saturday, Sundays as well. Did a talk show called The Snug. And yes, you did. Regular yeah. contributions with the Jerry Ryan show. So the lovely late Jerry. Um, so I yeah, forgot I Jenny. Yeah, that's all right. I forgot about that. Yeah, you worked closely with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was amazing. What was he like off mic? Funnier and bolder. I always think it's uh, people thought that he hammed himself up for the radio, but I think truthfully he kept he toned himself down <laughs> for the radio. He's one of the smartest people I've 
ever met in my life. I've and I don't know, everybody talks about how funny and cheeky he was, but they don't often remark on just the great intellect. He was super smart. So you moved on from there. Yeah. To do which I, show then? Yeah. So I was basically for for nine and a half years, I was doing a, loosely speaking, a, a rock show, an indie rock, indie rock, indie pop and electro. And very lucky to be able to sort of pick my own playlist. Um, that's a bit of a privilege that doesn't exist very often. I think it may exist also because you were very good. It's very <laughs> kind. You know, I sort of tried to sort of balance it out, you know, one for me, one for them, you know, <laughs> yeah. a little bit of that. Um, so I, I really, I sort of, it was sort of um, Dave, myself and Dan just doing our thing. Um, Dan well, Hegarty. Yeah. Yeah. Love, love yeah, Dan Hegarty and Dan Dave. Hegarty, yeah. yeah. So just sort of rocking out Monday to Thursday and then the occasional sort of special on the weekends and all the festival coverage and the occasional little bit with um, RT television. But I was always much more comfortable in radio. So after that, look, you had nine and a half, ten years. Did you just decide, look, time for a change? Yeah, this is a tough L industry as well. It is, but it mm. was weird. I loved it. And I think I was just afraid of protecting loving it. You know, I was like, I really love it now. Maybe it's good to go while you still love it, just in case, you know, especially when music is your passion. And I wanted to keep it that way. And I was worried about becoming grumpy and, uh, you know, and in my el- older age, you know, as I used to joke. Um, so I just sort of thought, well, I've got the guts to do something now. I might have the guts to make a change later. So maybe I should just bite the bullet and go for it. Well, look, we're going to get to your jewelry. Um, the, the next career in a second and as I said I'll, I'll have to you'll have to help me describe the beautiful jewellery you're wearing now that I really want as in I'm leaving here going I'm starting to save so and I had seen them before in your site I love them but I have to share this with people I, I remember com- crossing paths I was working in F104 many years ago John Walsh was there the wonderful gorgeous man that is John Walsh um, and he was working at Hot Press as well at the time and also Alison Curtis lovely lovely girl who I don't didn't know as well and still don't but any time we met really liked her but you guys were the three amigos and any music gigs I got to go to I just loved being in your company you were so naturally passionate about music no egos no pretentiousness it was just three people who loved what they did and were great mates and it was it was infectious to be around you that's such a nice thing to hear yeah and they're still great friends I was texting Alison yesterday and John's expecting his second child any day I'm delighted for them um, his partner what's his partner's name again Laura Laura Laura. so they've got little Sheila and yeah Sheila's about to get a sister or brother so yeah and, and they're both still massively music fan you know Alison um, the focus is more on talk but John still writes um, the occasional gig review just to get to go to gigs and whenever he and his partner get a weekend away chances are it's for a music festival so cool I love it I love that they're still in that and you obviously your music passion is still there yeah absolutely it's even in your in your jewellery which we'll get to in a second (laughs) but tell me yeah so then why jewellery and when jewellery and what happened yeah it's weird I hadn't planned it I didn't leave 2FM thinking I'll start a jewellery collection. Um, my mother's a goldsmith and gemologist. And most of the reason that I'm in Ireland is because of that. So um, a lot of people wouldn't know that. No. My mum was brought back to Ireland to set up the Crafts Council of Ireland jewellery skills and design course. So she taught goldsmithing in Ireland for 15 years and has been mentoring goldsmiths and jewellery businesses for the last 20 years really so as a designer and a goldsmith and a gemologist and a manufacturing business in Canada she's kind of got all of the skills and I grew up in it without fully realizing that I really you know you absorb so much of it when you grow up in the trade so it was second nature to me but I'd never thought about 
um, going there because of the fact that I wasn't technically a goldsmith. I just knew a lot about the business. Um, so I think it was sort of jewelry design by osmosis or something like that. Um, so it was, in, I loved jewelry and I used to work at the diamond counter during my Christmas holidays, you know, at university and then in fine jewelry stores in the summertime after college. So I actually knew quite a lot wow. about rare gemstones and the different qualities of gold and about manufacturing. So this is what I love about people. Okay, my mouth is not closed since you say since you said that about your mom, like, you, you know, you think you know somebody a bit, you know, from listening to them for years. As anybody, um, as I said, who's heard you on air on 2FM or on, on uh, just uh, in general about music. And then you find out you had this whole other world going on, which many people do. It's just really exciting when you hear that. So yeah. you were a bit of a gemstone genius. And yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, certainly by no means a qualified gemologist, but understand a little bit about what to look out for and where the value comes from and, you know, um, what is a really good version versus an average version versus as, you know, we'll, I'd say we'll you were very popular um, and still are amongst any friend thinking of buying anything but mostly engagement rings yeah. when most of us hadn't a clue at that age or stage yeah certainly able to give some advice um, but they used to hate me because jewellery isn't often a gift that you give your friends you know throughout your sort of teens and college years and they'd be like I hate you Jenny we can't buy you jewellery you know because they couldn't they felt that they couldn't buy me costume jewellery of course jewelry, yeah. like, of course you can <laughs> um, yeah but they felt it was ruined for them because it, I was sort of the, the spoiled one wearing nice jewellery yeah Christmas ex- presents from mum exactly well done mum yeah. and so then you obviously had that passion and then where did, when did you start design when did you know you could design I yeah I, I don't know when that happened I think I just started thinking about what I would like to wear knowing that uh, I think the confidence for me came from the fact that I knew that I had this incredible pool of talented goldsmiths that could make it for me so I just started listing off things and shapes and designs and things that I thought could be cool and then started sort of roughly doodling them and then started thinking in dimensions and before I knew it I was just having mum and, and the goldsmiths working with her make them. And I hadn't really thought about myself as a designer until I literally launched Edge Only and somebody started interviewing me about being a designer. And I realized then that I had this little bit of a crisis of confidence and went, oh, I don't know if I'm a designer. Like, we just designed two collections. And I'm like, well, you know, and I think it took me a while to get my head around the fact that of me as a designer it wasn't a label that felt comfortable to me because I hadn't been formally trained in art college or anything so I'm laughing because and, and, and I hear you because especially when you're thinking you haven't been formally trained but you had just designed two collections was it that imposter syndrome thing that Probably. a lot of us get yeah yeah, and I think it's interesting because I think women suffer from it more than yes, men yes they do it took me it took me about a year before I felt that I could say jewellery designer with a straight face you know when somebody <laughs> asked me what what do you do and I, I'd sort of try it out with strangers in a pub I'm a jewelry designer and I'd be like does that feel real yet does that feel normal <laughs> you know because I, I think my for so long my identity had been DJ I know. or presenter so it was it felt weird yeah I, and I'm laughing completely compassionately because we are terrible yeah. aren't we we really yeah, are yeah. but listen so you did that and then with the first couple of collections I can't remember what they I would have probably yeah. seen them at the time what were they what rock kind of, and roll yeah. so I mean everybody said I was going to start ironically with the pop art collection which came um, a couple of years later but everybody said no Jenny everybody knows you as a DJ they know that you like rock music you have to start with the rock and roll collection I was like okay um, so I did that and then also the geometric collection because I kind of wanted to show both sides of the brand, Edge Only, and both sides of my personality, which is that rock and roll side and the slightly preppy side because yeah. I do have a little bit of preppy in me left over from my youth. And yeah. sometimes you just want clean lines and just to feel when you're feeling, wanting to feel a little bit more 
elegant or you know when you're wearing simple clothes so. and what what was that from your youth again just remind people if I, they I, don't know the background well just that I, I'd sort of gone to a private school and it was all very uniforms and you know at the time Ralph Lauren was the big thing and sort of I still love a good button down I can see you in that yeah, actually yeah. Yeah, I love blazers I love tailoring so yeah. I really like simple minimalist clothing a lot of the times but then I spend most of my life in jeans and converse so there's kind of both sides to me I think as well when people go from, from when women go for women when women go from their 20s into their 30s and 40s things change not just the body not in this negative draggy way there's beautiful things that happen but your clothes change and your body changes so you change with it but can I describe I'm going to wreck this description now of your earrings so maybe you should describe it but this I've got the 3D pointed lightning bolts on so they're little sort of sharp slim pointed lightning bolts but they've got beveled edges so they're kind of a bit more three dimensional give the website so people can look at them up now if they're listening edgeonly.com so edge and only, it's an odd one, E-D-G-E-O-N-L-Y dot com. <laughs> Not that odd, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so they're the pointed ones and we do flat top ones as well, but I'm, I've got the pointed ones on today and then I've got the, the pointed lightning bolt necklace, which is so one of our cool. most popular ones. Yeah, our so lightning bolts cool. are our best sellers, definitely. Are they? And yeah. they're both, both of these are silver? Yeah, these okay. are both sterling silver and we do them all in, you do in gold, gold as well. And so we do them in gold vermeil, which is sterling silver plated in 18 karat gold, which is the really affordable option. But we also do them in solid 14 karat gold. Which okay. Is, if you know you love them, you like the good stuff and you want them for life and for I, generations. Yeah. The ones I'm saving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me your your rings, uh, those rings. two rings. Yeah, so the, 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 the wedge ring is sort of um, a minimalist statement ring. It's sort of smooth and large and kind of goes to the knuckle and really comfortable. And that was one of the first rings that I did. So I've been wearing that for two and a half years. It's What's it like on the back? Oh, it's, it's so cool. On the back and then twice the width on top. So, so it's really cool. comfortable. That's and silver too. Yeah, Beautiful. sterling silver. And that's, that's hand sawn out of solid sterling silver sheet. So it's known as piercing and then hand turned up. So Beautiful. It's, it's really strong. You have great hands anyway, oh, don't you? And kind, yeah, I wonder, do you make smaller ones if people have smaller? Oh, yeah. Loads yeah, yeah. Of I was going to say because my. Go for yeah. the big chunky ones. I yeah. love big rings, but I've loads of sort of slim And rings. does that one come in a smaller, less Yeah, long? we do um, a gap version. So that there's a sort of prominent gap in the front. Oh, we yes, I saw a that. a new slim one called the gap ring. Really cool. That said, I like that, but I can't pull it off. So, great. Yes. Okay. The and then version. this other one. And this is one of the latest ones. This is um, called the Rugged Ring. And it's a solid, big, sort of rugged, tall, 15 grams of solid sterling silver with a sort of rough industrial texture on top. So it's, um, yeah, it's a big weight. It's beautiful. It's, it's my knuckle uh, Do you know what? I'm aware. Yeah. Oh, my God. It actually, yeah. I'm feeling the ring. And it's yeah. called the Rugged. Rugged Ring. So yeah. if people want to look it up right now, because I'm aware this is, we're aware this is radio, okay? Yeah. But I think Jenny's described them pretty pretty well. Oh, my God. Somebody said it sort They're of reminds him, you know, the striated rocks of the burn or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Sort of, Jesus, um, what a, with, yeah. with the weight of that, you feel like you've got your money's worth. Don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but look, and, and the rest of your outfit is black. A really cool bomber jacket and yes. then a simple v-neck uh, gorgeous dress and you the jewelry brings it all to life thank you yeah no i'm really boring i think is the truth when it comes to my clothes you know i live in black and i have friends that Here's fashion designers you know people like uh, the lovely emma manley who laugh at me and she's like oh jenny black for a change yeah do you know what we were talking to jenny or to emma as you know 
uh, recently and she's just wonderful spirit she spoke we spoke very highly of you as well and obviously all of our paths did cross recently at the Dublin Tech Summit at the, yeah. at the fashion stage so it's a really really exciting time in fashion and design and you guys have decided at different times to pull together and to display your works together yeah. the same how did that how did you guys come together and yeah I, I met Emma at the um, at showcase really through the Crafts Council of Ireland we were exhibiting as part of Creative Island and then um, we both moved into the Guinness Enterprise Centre together so we were the only two designers so we sort of instantly sort of got along and became great friends and whether you're a jewellery designer or a fashion designer you share similar things which is production and retail and online and and all those things so she's been a a great friend and hopefully we're support to each other as you sort of you know you celebrate your highs and your lows and um, Emma organises sample sales and so she invited me to be part of of a sample sale I guess it's a year and a half ago now for the first time. So we've done three since together and craft fairs together and things like that, or Christmas markets more right. like. Um, so yeah, it's just great when different designers get together, sort of accessories, jewelry, milliners, you know, um, beautiful bags and clothing all together under one roof. And you sort of share each other's customers and newsletters and you know and cross promote for each other it just made me really giddy I think I just spent the last two minutes with you to talk about that experience I want to go there I want to go go into one of those amazing bargains yeah really yeah amazing bargains again beaming but I'm aware that we only have um, you know a a certain amount of time left and I'm talking to Jenny Houston who is a a jewellery designer you also may recognise that voice from her nine and a half years um, as a DJ um, and a broadcaster but Jenny how then did you go from yes you had the experience with um, designing then you had those two collections under your belt then you um, had your experience growing up with a mum as a as a she wasn't a gemologist goldsmith and gemologist so you had that right how did you go from this is the dream in to reality and can you tell us about some of the tough times on the way because I know you're a very positive person but I think you're also a, a grafter a worker yeah, as we speak about relentless. often here no, it's yeah. relentless and it's really hard and I think there's no point in pretending otherwise I think you know whenever people talk about um, anybody succeeding they always talk about the thousands and thousands of hours before anybody sort of recognised them so for me the first thing I did was sign up for loads of courses so I did the start your own business with the local enterprise office which is a great course just to kind of make you think about what you need to learn um, and I signed up for loads of digital marketing courses and websites for small business and, you know, courses on analytics and search engine optimization and finance and taxation. And I really went for it. I just kind of bombarded my brain um, as much as I could for a couple of months before setting up Edge Only and then kind of went for it and did feasibility grants and worked on business plans and and felt completely out of my depth all the time. I mean, I did think, you truthfully? Okay. Yeah. And I think I think it's important to recognize that because a lot of people say, oh, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And I think it's not knowing what you're doing and doing it anyway, and then just scrambling to upskill all the time. So I think the first year was kind of, I felt like I was doing a degree every week. Um, that was the kind of the equivalent of it, having done a degree in psychology and a postgrad in arts administration. I think easily it was, each month felt like that condensed. So it's it's a rapid learning and it's a really sharp learning curve, but it's also really exciting. You're kind of terrified and proud of yourself all the time. Wow. And did you give up going out? Did you just focus on... Wow. Yeah, no, I have to admit, I I think I became a pretty bad friend for a couple of years and that I was sort of, you know, you're a little bit... um, monomaniacal focus you know you're a little bit tunnel vision um, because it is sort of 24-7 and sort of six seven days a week and even when you're on a day off you're thinking about it a little bit but I'm starting to kind of work on that work-life balance now two years in I'm like okay come up for air see your friends they're important to you they've been good for you and they've been really supportive so yeah I'm kind of 
Yeah, I'm starting to get that balance. I a little love bit. the I love 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 the honesty because I think it paints a real picture for us. Not only, but also it shows that um, th- th- this isn't going to happen without those things. Without that no, extra. I think an entrepreneur's life. It sounds sexy when you hear the po- when you hear the success stories, which are usually the only ones you hear about. But it is. It's really hard work, and there's uh, scaling a business is really challenging. You sort of get to the certain level, and you go, "Wow, this is great. We're in shops. This is so exciting. We're in London." And then you're like, "Okay, now I need ten more stores." But to get 10 more stores you need to produce stock to fill 10 more stores so getting the money to fill 10 more stores before they've sold any stock um, so the sort of the, the cash flow and things like that of scaling those are the challenging things but it's also a great problem to have yes you know so we just went into New York this month which is really yeah, exciting yeah congratulations yeah, oh my yeah. gosh no yeah, gosh yeah so Wolf and Badger which is one of our major stockists in London we've been with them in Mayfair and Notting Hill and they just opened a flagship in Soho New York so we're in the most glamorous, sexy location uh, next to Alexander Wang and down from Acne and, and Mesa Margella and, and Saint Laurent. So it's really beautiful, prime Jenny. luxury. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm delighted for you. Thank Bloody you. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. And, we, and it, terrifying. Yeah, yeah, but we've been sending so much jewelry over to New York. You know, they love the rock and roll collection, all the lightning bolts and, you know, men buying guitar lapels and plectrum lapels and cufflinks and things like that. So we do men's and women's, and that's been a big part of Edge Only. So the men's has really been flying in the States. Where did you get the name? I guess it came from, I was trying all sorts of different names and that sort of unsexy thing of trying to pin down a dot com as well as a Facebook, a Twitter and Instagram and getting them all to be the same word. And what kept coming up was the differential was that it was edgy. It was fine jewelry with an edge. And so I did a name generator for edge and, and edgy and this came up as being available and I got the dot com, the dot co EK, the dot IE, the dot everything, you know, and I just bought them all because I was kind of like, lock it down globally. Yeah. Do you so. know what I, I, I can imagine Yes you've had some very tough years um, And also extremely rewarding But you still beam You still uh, Is that because you're doing what you love I mean were there dark times Where you weren't You know yeah, Between career Where you went Oh Jesus lads I don't know what to do I don't yeah, know what I'm going to do next absolutely And there's that thing Where when you're starting your own business And all of a sudden you realise Wow there's something to be said For a paycheck Because all of a sudden You know Wow I'm working harder Than I've ever worked And I'm not paying myself And that sort of stage Of a startup Is really like You can have a moment Where you go I'm insane What <laughs> yeah. have I done I'm absolutely insane But I think you have to be A little bit there's a sort of fine line between insanity and bravery when it comes to starting a business or even changing career. But I think sometimes you just have to back yourself. Like it's a bit of a leap of faith. So, you you know, number one, just jump and do it and then just be prepared to put in the hours. Because I think if you're determined and you're hardworking, you'll make a go of it no matter what. Were there times, Jenny, when you went, I can't make the mortgage? Or the rent. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I did really practical things. I sold my car and I, I rented out my house. I did really, really like I really stirred it back in a way. Um, and I did that really voluntarily. And I did it by choice because I really wanted to get there faster. So I could have just sort of tipped away and, you know, and kept a full time job or a part time job and done it part time. But I was like, no, I'm not a kid. I'm going hell for leather and I'm just going to, you know, get there faster. And so I went straight for sort of the UK and trying to push for the US and trying to to get the branding and the lookbook and the editorial and do, and do that all myself. And in order to scale it without investors, that was a sacrifice that I chose to make just to scale it faster. And I just wanted to own the company outright, which I do. And it just means now that if I go for an investors to expand further into the UK or the US, at least I'm that further along that I won't be giving away so much. You are 
bloody brilliant. Come here. I <laughs> hope it, so. To use that official term, a bloody <laughs> brilliant. Um, it remains to be seen, but it was just a strategic choice at the time. I, 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 yeah. It's come up a couple of times before I let you go about people getting into the Guinness um, Centre. Enterprise Centre, yeah. That's an important one. Is yeah. that how does that happen? Yeah, I think um, I think somebody has to nominate you, but I think as soon as you're working with any of the agencies that are part of it, and they really work with everybody from the local enterprise centre to the business innovation uh, centre to Plato. So once you're kind of working with any of the agencies and they've crossed paths with you, and you sort of say to them you're looking for space, and and they just kind of give you a reference that, that you've engaged with them in some way. I think they just want to know that you're you're serious and you're on your way. And there's a lot of tech businesses in there. Um, and there's a lot of apps and things like that and there's a lot of tourism businesses as well so it's quite broad and varied and I think they're really open to different ideas but it's an amazing ecosystem because all of a sudden it's that feeling of going to work and, and being around kindred spirits and there's a little bit of a hive mind and that they organize a lot of tech meetups and marketing meetups and networking events and, and a lot of other external organizations come in to sort of help upskill you because they want your business. They know you might be broke now, but you could be the next big thing in six months or a year. So all the sort of lawyers come in and accountancy firms come in and people come in, all the um, funders and angel investors, you know, are in there every week pretty much just keeping an eye because there's 110 companies in there. That's amazing. And is it in there? I have this vision, right? I've been there a a little while ago of the nights burning late at night, early mornings. Yes. There's phases of that where you feel like everybody's working late and then you're you're aware that there's also all the people that are just kind of nine to five because they're the staff. I think it's the the solo entrepreneurs that sort of work the crazy hours and then you realise you can't do that forever. No, you burn yeah. out. Yeah. So the work-life balance before, okay, it keeps in yeah. before we let you go. I don't let you go. <laughs> uh, the, the work-life balance, what, how do you get it? I think you have to you have to commit to it. I think you have to commit to I'm I'm not looking at that today, or I'm going home and I'm watching Netflix. I'm or you know I'm watching the latest. You know I'm watching the late late. You know I think you have to kind of um, commit to just taking time off and scheduling meetups with friends and I think that's the way to start but you're so into scheduling mode that you you schedule lunch you schedule catch-ups you schedule you know all those different meetups and then before you know it you're sort of you're back into that that blink of social life you know. Do you know what Jenny I think it's really really good timing and um, having you coming in to talk to us I, I, because you're, you you put so much work in your the success happening I didn't know about New York I'm absolutely delighted the big picture plan before you go. Yeah, I think for me, it's about scaling moderately. For me, um, edge only is ethical luxury. So we're trying to create um, an alternative offering in the luxury space. So it's a bit edgy for people, you know, creative professionals and people that want a little bit more individuality. But a big part of what we do is everything's made in Ireland. So I feel really strongly about making things ethically and buying better and buying less and whatever we make I want you to be able to wear it for life um, so even if you retire it for five years you can go back to it just give it a rub with a silver cloth and, a gold <laughs> yeah. cloth and you're back in action um, and so for me when it's made in Ireland and you know handmade the scaling isn't it's never going to be mass produced in, in Asia or China so that you know it slows the, the growth a little bit but it's a growth that I can be proud of so it's that thing of just being available in the major cities you know London New York My next week we've, we've got to get 
get some Tokyo and Toronto and, and things like that happening and maybe Australia. But you sort of, you go where you're getting a natural feel for where it's selling online. And um, and the UK and the US have been where most of our sales have been so far. And, and we're starting to get a lot from Australia. So that's exciting. So I'm kind of following what the customers are telling me in a way, but just trying to build it as ethically and sustainably as possible and sort of looking up to people like Stella McCartney and what she's achieved in that luxury space and going, well, she can do it and she's at the top of her game. There's no reason we can't do it. Absolutely. So absolutely and bloody brilliant. They're my two phrases from today. But no, Jenny, honestly, the, the core of this podcast, the core of the Lifestyle Show is to talk to people to find out how they do what they do so well, right? To learn from them and to be inspired by them and you have ticked every single box in a really natural way that I can't but wish you the very best and I know people listening would feel the same and it, so it, but no but it's such a cynical time I think it is that, it, that it's so good to talk to people who are getting up rolling up their sleeves and putting their money where their mouth is and still being able to be a decent person and smile and be nice <laughs> and look great um, and, and be the type of person that you want to hang out with at a gig as it was oh, for many years ago right I through to now I will take you up on that Tara <laughs> we'll go to a gig with a pint in hand listen I would love it edgeonly.com and you know a great time to get in there because it looks like things are only the only way is up to quote that beautiful song which never would have been on your playlist <laughs> thank you so much and people can read the interview in rt.ie forward slash lifestyle of course as well on social Facebook Instagram Twitter at RT Lifestyle you'll find it there too I'm Tara Lockery Grant that was Jenny Houston and thanks so much for listening That's it from me Tara Lockery Grant and the Lifestyle Show for this week on RTE Radio 1 Extra The show is produced by Ola McGowan and you can listen back to our other Lifestyle Show podcasts on rte.ie forward slash lifestyle You can follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram and email us at rtlifestyle at rte.ie Plus you can tweet me on at Tara LG that's Tara with a G-H Goodbye for now and if there's anything that you'd like to hear featured on the show you know where to find us The Lifestyle Show with Tara Lockery-Grant on RTE Radio 1 Extra. 